Media. Happy Friday. Welcome, y'all. It is Friday here at the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals. Jeremiah, why are you smiling like that? That song is singing. Oh, I was just feeling it real good. You know, because Fridays, like, we get to, like, actually, like, just talk about positive things and good things. You know, we don't even be trying to look at our phone. We be like, let's just keep it on the up, up, and up. And that's how we're going to do all day, okay? So stick around, because you know what we do here at the Amanda Seals Show is we keep you laughing, we keep you smiling, we keep you going, mm-hmm. and we're not going to change that up for anybody. Nope. We got a Black Joy story for you when we get back, do we not? We do. It's Black Joy Friday. That's right. We got to get into it. So maybe uh, if you have to go into our inside work, maybe just sit in the car a little longer. They you know what fire you. Nah, they can't yeah, find you on Friday. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Sit in the car a little longer and just get into the vibration with us, all right? This is the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, all you got to do is call us, 1-855-AMANDA-H. That's 1-855-262-6328. You can follow us on social media at Seals Said It. I blanked out for a second there. You can follow us at Seals Said It, all right? And remember, you can also call us 24-7. Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, you can call us anytime because our phone lines are always open, all right? So stick around. If you miss any of the show, you can just go to wherever you get your podcast, type in the Amanda Seals Show, and boom, we are right there for you to listen, laugh, and learn. Keep it locked. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals. That is... Jeremiah, like the Bible. And you know what time it is. It's time for... A story of black joy. So you're going to love this, Amanda. So, I know. A memorial honoring the late Mamie Till Mobley, the mother of Emmett Till, was yes. unveiled outside of the suburban Chicago high school she attended as a young woman, long before she, you know, she became a critical player in the civil rights movement. So a lot of people don't know... She kind of helped jumpstart like what we know as the civil rights movement by mm-hmm. posting the photos of Emmett Till's, I don't know, what's the word I'm going to use? Um, distraught body. I don't. I, I feel like there's no word to really describe it. Yeah. Um, in a public way to kind of show the nation what happened to her son at a time where the, um, the lynching of black men was taking place, the, the killing of black men was taking place. And she took a stand and was like, y'all not, we're not going to hide it. Well, you know, and I think that's the part that a lot of people didn't understand at the time, you know, that mm-hmm. they, they, and I wonder in the, in the days of social media, there's many people who will probably be like, oh, she's just trying to do this for clout, et cetera, right, et cetera. Right. Cause you know, people don't understand that what they may see is not what everybody else sees. Right. And when the civil rights movement had not been started yet, we, I think there's a lot of folks who kind of, <laughs> they think about the civil rights movement as like a time that started, but they don't think about like the time before it. Right. right? right. It's like the roaring twenties and then the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Not acknowledging that there was a whole Jim Crow. When we say era, I think people think of like a very short amount of time. And it's like, no, no. Jim Crow was present Mm -hmm. and in place Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And black folks were living under tyranny for a very long time. And Emmett Till's body was a very in your face and real example of the terrorism and the tyranny that black mm-hmm. people were having to exist under. And it was supported legislatively. We just saw the lady who made up the lie about lemon till. She got to live out her life and died the other day. Yep. 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 yep but you yep. know what? She not getting a statue. You know who is? Cause it is black joy Friday. Many till Mobley got her statue. And I think it's absolutely great that we are honoring the women of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Cause so many of them were absolutely like kind of, Brushed under the rug and not and not really given their just due. It was like stand to the side. Mm-hmm. Let the men be front and center. It's a new day. Thank you for your service, Mamie Till Mobley. Keep it like right here, the Amanda Seals Show. We got more for you on a lovely, upbeat, up tempo, and up vibrational Friday. The Amanda Seals Show. We are. 
up, we up, we up. You know who you call, you got a message to leave. The nation, the nation is talking about the Amanda Seal Show. Yo, yo, yo. The Amanda Seal Show. Well, my name's Yolanda. Love your show. I'm glad that you're being syndicated all over. We up, we up, we up. Hey, Amanda, this is Danielle. Love, love, love your show. Listen, laugh, and learn. I just want to say I love y'all's show. It's the Amanda Seal Show. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It's Amanda Seals here. Jeremiah, like the Bible, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. You're a mental health therapy advocate. In I all am. Platform. I am. I am. I, you know, I never set out to be that. Like that was never like, I never was like, this is what I'm going to do now. Right, right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Small Doses podcast was started as like a quote unquote self-help from the hit podcast, but it was mm. more so just like me helping others by like helping myself talk right. about, like talk through things. Like you were never. I was never it. like a guru. Uh-huh. Gotcha. I'm not a guru, even though people be trying to put it's it on hair. me. It's the hair. Is it? Cause I'm not wearing like sashes and, you know, doing guru <laughs> things, but it is mental health awareness month. And so mm. all month long, every Friday on our very positive, uplifted, high vibrational Fridays, we're going to be doing mental health check-ins. Yes. We want them, the people listening to check in too with yourself. Yes. With your friends, with your kids in a car, like yes. ask them the mental health question. Yes. Yes. So you, you picked this question. So I think you should be, do the honors. I did. So the first question to kick off this month is what did you do to take care of yourself this year? Like, what have you been doing? <laughs> Playing with buttons. What did I do to take care of myself this year? Um, well, I went through like a really ridiculous, crazy trauma in uh, December and mm-hmm. I went to a Reiki healer. And for the people that don't know what Reiki is, can you explain to the people? I can explain it to you as best as I know. <laughs> Uh, Reiki is essentially the skill, the art, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, of energy transference. Like, so people learn how to remove energy, like negative energy from you and like dispel it. Right. Like out your body. Yes. And they're able to like feel your energy. It's not like a psychic thing per se, Mm -hmm. but it's more so like they learn how to like feel energies and like interpret like energies that they're feeling from different parts of your body, your chakras, et cetera. And you know, it only works if you allow yourself to, to really embrace the understanding that we are made of energy. Right. Otherwise you're just like, what is this hocus pocus? I mean, even outside of, I guess a spiritual level, I feel like that's just scientific that we're made of protons and neurons. But a lot of people don't believe what they can't see. Right. So there's that. So I went to that and then she was like, well, you know, this trauma, you've worked through it mentally, like Mm -hmm. you've worked through it emotionally, but now it's like molecularly in your body. So she was like, you need to sweat it out. Mm -hmm. And I very fortunately have a sauna in the house. So literally uh, every morning, and this is also part of what I've been doing for wellness, I actually do a regimen in the mornings that I never used to do. And now I do a regimen every single morning where I get up, I stretch I do a headstand for three and a half minutes because Devon once showed me a video that said doing a headstand for three and a half minutes can change your life. So I do a headstand for three and a half minutes. Then I go in the sauna for an episode of the um, 
Avatar. So I watched an episode okay. of the Avatar. Before that, I would listen for tomorrow that I would go in the sauna for 20 minutes and listen to Paulo Coelho's The War of Light. And then I take a cold shower because they say cold showers like release more endorphins. So like that's some of the stuff. I also got my mother to go to therapy. That is also <laughs> what I did to take care of myself this year. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> um, for me, I feel like I've just been actively. I think it's easy to like live passively, if that makes sense. Like, yes. I need because we're always working, we're always doing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's easy for your life to control you and not you control your life. Right. I have to like make a conscious effort to like do things that I enjoy and actually go out of my way to be like, what are the things that I like to do and how can I be more intentional about scheduling them into my life? Like, I think this year I made a whole list of things I want to do, like hobbies, um, things that I'm interested in, that I can like do on like weekends. So, like, I started, I did a pottery class in January. I did. A, it's like a black-owned, people of color pottery place in LA. I went there like every Sunday and was crafting stuff. And I was like, "Oh, this is fun." Oh, see, I didn't know that you went like every week. I thought you just took like a class. Well, they had, like a, they did, they did, like um, class series, so it'd be, okay. like four weeks. You like you can do like four projects. So I'm gonna go back and do that again because that was fun. I want to, I want to tap dance. As a kid, I danced. You be seeing me dance around sometimes. I do, but I never like tapped because it was just too hard. It was too difficult. I'm like. Stomping, it's the beat. I can't do this. But as an adult, I feel like it's a way for me to still do something I enjoy, which is dancing, but be challenged in a way. Well, just make sure that when you in tap class, you don't go take it too far and start shucking and jiving. Never that, never that. But I do teach y'all a quick little doulet. Save y'all, but it's fine. You know, kill y'all with it. Kill y'all with it. All right. But we love this. Active measures towards mm. wellness. What have you all done for yourself? Hit us up, or maybe you don't even have to. Maybe you don't even hit us up. Just like either ask yourself or challenge yourself. Right. The year ain't over yet, so right. you still got time. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month. We're gonna keep it locked right here at the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Okay, now since that's something important to say, allow me to reintroduce myself. It's a public seals announcement. On the Amanda Seal Show. When it comes to Mayor Adams of New York City, I don't like his face. I don't like his politics. He does not want to acknowledge Jordan Neely's murder as a murder, even though the medical examiner has ruled it as a homicide. He's also an ex-cop. Kathy Hochul is the governor of New York City, and she said, People who are homeless in our subways, many of them in the throes of a mental health episode, and that's what I believe were some of the factors involved here. There's consequences for behavior. This, now listen, I'm fully aware that the people who believe that to be okay are not going to have their minds changed by me making this video, right? The murder of houseless person Justin Neely on the New York City subway was not a consequence of his mental health episode. It was a consequence of his race and of his status. And he should not have been killed for either of those reasons, neither of them. The minds that I'm hoping to change are those who believe that they don't need to vote or bother with civic matters because the people who are saying these things and supporting this murder are people who were voted into position. Terrible people, they're not smarter than you. They're just more organized. Now, before I finish, let me just say, I did not come here to show out. Did not come here to impress you. Because to tell you the truth, when I leave here, I'm gone. And I don't care what you think about me. But just remember, when it hits the fan, brother, whether it's next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll never be able to say it. The Amanda Seal Show. We ain't nobody's fool. We shake. 
And Jeremiah like the Bible. And you've reached the, the Amanda, Amanda Seal Show. We love hearing your opinions on the things we discuss. And that's why we love when you give us a call and speak your mind. You know what to do with the beep. Leave that message. Hi, Amanda. First time caller. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. Um, But, yeah, you was talking about this long distance and, you know, using FaceTime and stuff like that. Girl, it saved my life. When I tell you uh, it saved our relationship, you know, it builds the bond and stuff like that. Uh, he'd be on the phone with me, you know, pretty much while I'm at work, I'm doing whatever. He's in the background. He's on the phone. And, like, you know, I understand what Jeremiah, like the Bible said, you know, you're taking up my phone and all that, you're taking up my space. That's fine, too, because the screen goes small. I still be doing, you know, other stuff on the uh, on my phone, playing games. I just make my screen so it'll it, it pause the video for them and vice versa for me. So we make it work. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's going on? Having done long-distance relationships, I think that it could be a thing if both people are on the same page, but more than likely the absence making the heart grow fonder only lasts so long and then... People get bitter or non-interested or emotionally involved with somebody else, blah, blah, blah. But it's just my two cents. Hey, Amanda. My name's Shai here in Columbus, and I wanted to make a comment on the friendship ick. Um, a big one that I have is when I go out with my girls, you know, we're all dressed up or whatever. We're having a good time. And then there's an attractive guy who walks around and you know we or we see an attractive guy and then we always have that one friend in the group that wants to start showing out or wants to start low-key being shady so she'll be like girl why you why is your hair like that or you know why you got that on your lip or something she wants to make you the butt of the jokes you know what i mean that's a big ick for me because if we're supposed to be friends like we're not we're not coming down on each other to impress men you know what i mean like that drives me crazy (laughs) have a good day y'all Love watching your show. I listen to it every day. Thank you, girl. Hey, I was calling about the show about the, um, monitoring the kids on social. I mean, I do monitor my kids. I monitor everything. Even Google have it to where you can monitor your children, and everything comes to your phone. So, yes, my daughter is on social, and, you know, she does what she does, and everything comes directly to my phone. So, yes, it can be monitored if you're not a lazy parent. But I don't think they should bend it for kids because, honestly, it's all entertainment. Just put in your child's age and let them cut out the ads that's very inappropriate for the children, and everything will be all right. I'm just saying, this your girl, Blue. When we come back, more Black Joy stories, plus Jeremiah like the Bible with the people versus all of that coming up next on the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We 
controls are coming from. Last hour was happy birthday song. Now I'm Ice Cube. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. I am Amanda Seals, joined by... Jeremiah, like the Bible. And it is Friday. We are into May. Like, we're we're here. Yeah, it's May. I don't understand. It's gonna be May. <laughs> yeah, it oh, that's why people posted that for the first day of May. Yay. Yo, really like, ah, oh man, I don't... Lance Bass did a whole dance on TikTok. It's gonna be my... When I tell you I did not get the joke, I was like, I mean, I don't know why people were able to catch this. I don't understand the context now. Thank you. Thank you. Jeremiah liked the Bible. to listen, laugh, and learn. Shout out to all of our NSYNC fans. All right. This is Friday. You know how it goes down on Friday. We got, we're going to dive into the voicemails. So people are going to get to hear their voices. You know, y'all be saying, leaving so many messages. Thank goodness for us. But we want to make sure that you get to hear yourself. Right. So we are going to dive into those voicemails. This is the Amanda Seals Show. And remember, you can have all the energy and joy that we're having this Friday at the Smart, Funny, and Black Show going on May 18th in Los Angeles. It's happening at the Novo. We got Wayne Brady versus Jaleel White. They are competing in games that test their knowledge of black culture, black history, and the black experience created by me. Because that is what Smart, Funny, and Black Show is all about. It's a variety comedy game show that is really about elevating black culture and black community. So... Let's say you want to support the show, but you ain't living in L.A. Maybe you can donate at smartfunnyandblack.com and that money will go to tickets for people who cannot afford to go to the show but want to be a part of black community. All right. That's what we're doing. We're elevating. We are right there for you to listen, laugh and learn. Keep it locked. What up, y'all? It's Amanda Seals here at the Amanda Seals Show, your favorite comedian and common sense specialist. And I'm joined by... Jeremy, I like the Bible. And y'all, it's time that we get into yet another... A story of black joy. So we got to talk about some rap, some rap news. You know, it's 50 is a hip hop. So shout out to yes, all the rappers yes, yes. and wannabe rappers. Yes. Um, well, after being the <laughs> first rapper to have their album reach a billion streams on Spotify in 2022, Kendrick Lamar broke another record. Really? Surpassing Drake for the highest grossing tour by a rapper in history, earning $110 million and selling... 929,000 tickets during 73 shows worldwide for his The Big Steppers Tour. Bro. That's a chick. That's... Get your bread, man. That's... I feel like in the 50 years of hip-hop, do you really think the founders of hip-hop could even imagine this? At one point, they can even let the hip-hop rappers on the Grammys. Listen, you're not wrong. I mean, it's really crazy just to see how expansive hip-hop has become as a global piece of pop mm-hmm. culture, as a global pop culture phenomenon, right? And I don't think that a lot of people have ever felt like hip-hop would reach the level of earnings of, like, a pop star, right? Mm-hmm. Like Shakira or, you know, um, who's getting money like that? Beyonce, right, Taylor right. Swift. So for him to be getting 110 M's? That's incredible. And you know what? Kendrick is a different kind of dude. So I also mm-hmm. believe that that money is going to be put into spaces where it can actually be utilized in a real way for elevation, for resources, mm-hmm. et cetera. You know, he cares about his hood, you know, coming out of camp to California. I mean, we're in a time right now of like banning books, but there's also the time where like, you know, they want certain rap artists to perform their music. That's for real. And I mean, it wasn't just like two live crew. Mm-hmm. It was NWA. It was also Public Enemy who was saying things like Elvis was a hero to most being ever met. You see, you're right straight as the record of a play, but hey man, John Wayne. Like, you know, they were really subversive. So I think Kendrick actually comes out of that and is saying things in his records that make people think 
and that challenged, you know, the norms of what people consider hip hop to be. So I love seeing him win like this. I do too. Send me a check. Send me a little, a little something, Kendrick. You hilarious. I just remember Kendrick from way back. I was interviewing Kendrick in Times Square before he was even had an album dropped. And now to really? see him go all this far, I'm just like, yes, you go, boy. <laughs> you go, boy. This is the Amanda Seals Show. When we get back, speaking of you go, boy, we got Jeremiah like the Bible hitting us with the people verses. Who right. the people mad at this week, Jeremiah? We're going to find out. Mm-hmm. Coming up next on the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. Y'all know what time it is. It is time for Jeremiah Like the Bible and the People Verses. I have my gavel and my gown. Just can't see it. All right. So today's People Verses is the People Versus Debrett and her wife, Judy. The really Interesting. Judy. Okay, okay. People okay. are upset because in a new interview with The Root, they basically explained that they couldn't find they couldn't find a black sperm donor for their baby. You know, Yikes. the brat is currently pregnant. Right. And she's carrying um, Judy's egg in her uterus, if that's the correct way to explain that. I'm not uh, OBGYN, y'all. I'm a judge right now. So, <laughs> um, okay. So they basically revealed that they only had 300 potential donors and only one of them was black. In, in, in the interview, the brat said, and that dude looked like Jiminy Cricket. And I was like, I'm sorry, but that wasn't going to be my choice. The internet went crazy, Amanda. They said, what? Some people were like, a non-black donor doesn't mean your baby will be cute. You know, they could be still not cute, even if that one like Jimmy the Cricket. Also, some people felt like they couldn't believe they couldn't find an honorable black donor anywhere. Then other people said, you know, yeah, like they had time. Like the, 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 the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. So, you know, you got to pick. They're not spring chickens. Right. You got to choose who you got. And then also, somebody just said, can y'all stop sharing your business? How about that? <laughs> well, they're doing a show, aren't they? <laughs> they are doing a show right now. Uh, Brat loves Judy. Damn. <laughs> so they're, they're actually documenting like the pregnancy and everything like that. And Judy also posted a rebuttal basically saying that black men only make up 2% of the donation pool. And after like she did the genetic screenings to kind of show like her uh, genetic disposition, they had to kind of rule out certain people based upon that as well. Like who didn't have these same traits that mm. would negatively impact the baby. Right. So I was thinking about this long and hard. <laughs> this is a tough one. This is hard. I feel like the other ones so far have been pretty mm-hmm. like straight ahead, but this one's got levels and right. layers. I was like, am I going to clear a mistrial? But I'm not. <laughs> oh. I'm not. So when it comes to the people versus the brat and Judy, I am with the brat and Judy. <gasps> and okay. here's why. And here's okay. why. Although I think that, you know, the, the brat's comment was like a really bad joke about, you know, the guy looking like Jimmy Cricket. Also because the optics of it as two black women who chose a non-blacks um, sperm donor. It, it looks, it's real tricky, especially in this age <laughs> with everything going on in America. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is Judy does have other black children that she has already. Also, fertility is just, is just hard for many reasons. Um, whether you do like um, IVF, IVF, you know, you, you have to adopt. It's just, it gets real tricky. And I feel like people go in with the best intentions and there's so much you don't know until you're in the process. And lastly, I think, you know, me being a gay black man, I'm sure at one point, if I decide to have children, I'll have to jump, jump through certain hoops and barriers as that um, queer couples often have to kind of go through to kind of have a baby biologically. So I'm not going to put so much heat on them. So in this case, you know, I feel like they're doing their best. They tried their best. Hopefully the baby is healthy. That's <laughs> all we really want is a healthy baby. And hopefully, you know, they're really going, it, going into it like to be the best parents they can be versus just like we having a cute little light-skinned baby. <laughs> 
Because, you know, that's a thing, too. Some people are just like, I want a light-skinned baby, which I don't think is the case for them. I think they just were in a, in a pickle. All right, now. Well, that is rough and tough it with is. Afro Puffs. Aren't you happy? You know, you've decided. Not, <laughs> not to have children? Right. Yes. Yes, I am. Because that is a world of stress. These are the breaks. All of that. <laughs> Shout out to Curtis Blow. Y'all, what do you think? Are you with the people? Or are you with the Brat and Judy? Hit us up. one 855 8 That's one 262 We'll be right back with more Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. This is Jeremy Like the Bible, joined by Amanda Seals for this Black Joy Friday. And a part of Black Joy Fridays, Amanda, is a part when you tell us the things you learned this week. I did learn some things this week, but none of them are joyful. Oh, okay. Yeah, so sorry about that. You know, knowledge is always happy, but the knowledge helps you grow. Become better for mental health. Yes. (laughs) All right. So, you know, great adventures, like great America, Mm -hmm. like it's all six flags, right? right? So the the six flags theme parks. Did you know that one of the six flags is for the Confederacy? I feel like I knew that somehow, but they want to acknowledge it. (laughs) I definitely saw that and was just like, oh. Why? Dang. Why is this the case? So, yeah. Um, and it's it's literally like not to say that you don't need to go there, mm-hmm. but the six flags essentially represent like the six territories that were in okay. Texas. Okay. And it's named for the six nations that ruled over Texas. And so those nations were Spain, France, Mexico, the Republic of Texas, the United States of America, and the Confederate States of America. So yikes. Yeah. Just something to know. Get a little name change, maybe (laughs) just something to know. (laughs) So that's something I learned this week. Uh, I also learned this week that the core design of the video game adventurer, Lara Croft, you know, Tomb Raider. Right was largely based off of a black woman. Interesting. Yeah, so the original graphic artist, Toby Gard, found inspiration from 90s pop star Nina Cherry. Going dancing at Buffalo Stance. It's always interesting how like, black people <laughs> are the inspiration for things. And then we're not actually black in the thing. Yeah, right. there's that. So that's what I mean by I learned things this week, but they're not really positive. Right. Speaking of black people being the inspiration for things, but not being the, in the thing, the Oompa Loompas of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in the original writing were actually exploited pygmies from Africa. So literally, if you read the book, Willy Wonka is saying, yeah, I got them when I went to Africa and I saw these little black people, these little African people, and I got the head of their tribe to let me take all 3,000 of them back here to work for me. Men, women, and children. So he got free slave labor from black you know what's funny about that in the remake with Johnny Depp I thought like they try to like talk about that but they, they try to keep like the search material the same but like they don't make it as like oh these were, we, we enslaved these folks we brought them over he was like we made a deal and I brought these lovely people to the factory Oompa Loompa which also explains like they kind of rap it yeah so yeah those are three things that I learned this week that you know they didn't make me happy right but they did of course provide me more information and that does make me happy I love being informed I love being curious and so that's why I love hearing from you all and I would love for you all to share your things that you learned this week one 855 8 that's one 262 Hey, right here to the Amanda Seals Show. 
on a Friday. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Hello? Hello? I, I can't hear you. <laughs> gotcha! I know you calling to say what's on your mind. Because you've been listening, laughing, and learning at the Amanda Seals Show. And it's Black Joy Friday. So when you hear that beep, you know what to do. Leave that message. I feel like when us black folks seriously do stuff like what your boy Will Smith did on stage, slapping Chris Rock, what that was at the Grammys or the Oscars or something like that. When we, when they, when the white people give us an opportunity to be on that forefront like them and make that 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 money that they make and be in that limelight like they are, we don't sit up and show that we grateful by doing stuff like Will Smith did. So when it comes down to it, yeah, they gonna value other races versus black actors. I mean, in actuality, we 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 set this stuff up for ourselves. And again, with the whole gun law thing, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, they they made it legal for everybody to get these guns and all of this stuff or whatever. People was getting guns illegally way before this even happened. So it didn't even, it, it's not stopping anything. Yeah, I think that they should definitely tighten some of those uh, gun laws. It's become ridiculous. It's like living in the wild, wild west. No one has any accountability for their actions and I feel that if you can't legally drink until you're 21 you damn sure shouldn't be able to buy a a firearm but that's just my opinion my name is Nicole I'm from Houston I can't agree with other countries saying about like the mass shootings and things that happen in America it is really true it's just you know like they say people try to cover up things that happen here even though we're not as bad as other countries as far as, like, dropping bombs on each other, but I can't agree with some of those facts. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to say that the whole thing about gun laws stopping crime is crazy to me. When did a criminal ever care about a law? Criminals break the law. So if you strengthen gun laws, the only thing that does is make it harder for law-abiding citizens to get guns when that's everyone's right to own a firearm. Everyone has the right to own guns. It's like, if people keep getting into car accidents, are you gonna ban cars? It's not the car that's causing people to get into accident, it's the people. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what laws they make, how much, how they strengthen these laws. It's not gonna change a criminal from doing a criminal act. You can say you get 100 years for holding a gun and a criminal will not care. They don't care. They know the laws already exist. More than likely, they're not allowed to have a gun anyway, but they still found a way to get a gun. So I just believe strengthening gun laws will not change anything, but make it harder for law-abiding citizens to exercise their right. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
the Amanda Seal Show. Happy Friday, everybody. You made it. You made it. You know what song I come out to when I do stand-up these days? What? I come out to Ghost Face Killer from Supreme Clientele. We made it. We made it. And it just, like, gets me into, like, a good, like, headspace. It gets me, like, okay, we're about to get up here and make these people laugh. You ready? I'm ready. And I hope that you guys are ready because we got more for you right here at the Amanda Seal Show. This hour, we're, of course, going to get into another Black Joy story. Also, we got our boy. Roy Wood Jr. joining us. So I'm excited because he's always a hoot and I just get to sit back. I don't got to be funny. You don't got to be funny. He going to take the wheel. I got to ask him if he took anything from the White House. You know, a little napkin, a chandelier maybe. I mean, he is not an insurrectionist. So I hope that he left everything where he saw it. All right. When we get back, you know what it is. We're going to get into more Black Joy. Also, you know what? You bring us Black Joy when you give us a call. So remember to give us a call at one 855 8 that's 1-855-262-6328. And remember, you're going to get your tickets to Smart, Funny, and Black going down May 18th in New... Nope. I was about to say New York. Is it in New York? No, it's not. It's in Los Angeles. May 18th in Los Angeles. You got Jaleel White versus Wayne Brady. I'm so excited. I'm already tired because, like, when you leave a Smart, Funny, and Black show, you'd be like, ooh, I was dancing. I was singing. I was laughing. I was thinking. It's like Zumba. It is, but like in the best way possible. So get your tickets at amandaseals.com. And if you want to support the show, but you can't go to the show, then you can donate. Go to smartphoneandblack.com. Put some money in the pot because that money is going to go to providing tickets for those who cannot afford to go, but really want to be a part of the experience. That's what community is. All right. We love having you as a part of this community. So make sure to keep it locked right here to the Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back. This is the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here. And we love Fridays because we get to do these kinds of stories. A story of black joy. So last hour, Amanda, we talked about Kendrick breaking Drake's record, right? Mm-hmm. We got mm-hmm. another record breaker going on. We love it. So with scholarship offers from from 125 colleges across the country, totaling $9 million. What? $9 million. That's a lot, right? Dennis Barnes, a senior at International High School of New Orleans, broke the previous Guinness Book of World Records total of $8.7 million set by another Louisiana student in 2019. What's going on? Listen, I need to go down to the NOLA. This is also, Louisiana is also where the two young ladies are that like created a new proof for the pie theorem. Really? Yeah. I'm like, let me, we sleep. Was it, no, not for pie, for the Pythagorean theorem. Okay, got you, got you. It's scribbles, we scribbles. I say, you see how I'm saying it like I know what I'm talking about? I don't. (laughs) I love this though. I don't know if you've been seeing internet all the kids posting their like college acceptance, like with their little shirts. Like I'm going to Tennessee State. I'm going here. I'm going here. I'm like, oh, it's so, like, the internet can be crazy. Yes. But sometimes there's, like, joy that's among the internet. Oh, my God. We all love watching them find out they got into the schools. Right, right, Like, right. that, those videos are just like, ah! Because we remember, though, that... Were you, were you, was Howard your first choice? It wasn't, actually. HBCUs weren't even on my, like, radar at first. So what happened? My aunt and my dad both went to Tuskegee University. And okay. My auntie, who was an educator, I went to her house one day. She's like, so... You applied to any black schools? I was just like, no, girl, leave me alone. <laughs> Where did you apply? I applied. I, I really want to go to Florida State. I don't know why. In, oh. eight, in eighth grade, <laughs> I decided I'm going to go to Florida State, and that was all she You wrote. just like the Seminoles just, emblem. But um, literally to appease her, I remember Googling black colleges with film departments, and oh. Howard popped up. I went on like a random day, raining with a little jacket on from Atlanta, was freezing. 
And I was like, oh my God. I feel like it on a spiritual level. It's like I felt the ancestors Ooh, come up and was like, I feel you. It was really weird. I can't I always no, I, it's like I get it. I belong here. I should be here. That's how I felt when I walked through Harlem for the first time, like when I was looking through apartments. Really? Yeah, because I was looking in Brooklyn <laughs> and me and Hughes popped down and said, Yes. <laughs> Frederick Douglass was like, This is the street. And I was like, Oh my God, they already named it after you. This is crazy. No lie. I feel like when I came back to school that day, I was like, I'm going to Howard Show. I'm going to Howard. I'm going to Howard. Literally, I remember I found out in my computer science class, like Every morning I would check the little portal. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm going to check. Okay. It was still like pending, pending. I was like, okay, do my work. One day I was like, I'm just looking like, oh my God, let me just check. I was literally like too stunned to speak. Because it's like, <laughs> at a certain point, you kind of it becomes just like routine. It's like, I'm going to look. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like shocked when it was like admitted. I was like, ah! I'm like reliving it with you right now. It was fun though. And then I went, paid that money. Then I well, that money for I need them $9 million. They, that didn't that. So I've, I think I've told the story of when I got into Purchase College because the woman called me at like 930 at night. Oh. Yes. But when I was uh, going to graduate school, I applied to NYU, Temple and Columbia and I didn't get into NYU. And NYU was like my first choice more so just because it was like NYU. It's NYU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get into Temple. I applied to Columbia and like I just never heard back. And I kept trying, kept asking. I kept saying pending, 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 pending. I'm talking school starts in September. <laughs> okay. Like, uh... Like end of July, I was going to call like on an afternoon. Hey, this is Sean Mendoza at Columbia's Institute for Research in African-American Studies. Uh, we just want to let you know that you've been admitted to the program. What? I, I can tell you the trajectory of the sun in the apartment. Like when I got this news, I jumped out that chair so fast. I was like, Whoa! That's just a very casual voicemail also. It like, wasn't a voicemail. He called me. Oh, he called, he, he literally like, yeah. called me and was like, but he was also very casual. Right. And I just was like, what are you talking? He's like, yeah, like our computer system was down and we thought that we sent these letters out and uh, we never sent these letters out. That sounds like every college everywhere. <laughs> I was supposed to do this thing and we didn't. The system was down. So kudos to this brother and kudos to Louisiana. Right. Because 8.7 million was the first record that was broken. Bonkers. Also, like, where are y'all applying <laughs> that they got all this money to give us scholarships? Right, right. I mean, I wish the people who are listening, like, call us and tell us, like, your, your kids got to take them to college where they're going. Yeah. That would be great to hear those. We want to hear that, man. Put the kids on the phone. 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. We got more for you when we get back. Like, my man, Brian Wayne Jr. Right here at the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Yes, y'all, this is the Amanda Seal Show. It's Amanda Seals here with Jeremiah Like the Bible on a lovely Friday and we are joined by the man with the jokes. Roy Wood Jr. We're so well, honored. well, well. We <laughs> meet again, old friend. <laughs> I don't even know the last time I saw you. When's the last time I saw you? Ooh. The 90s? The 90s. <laughs> I feel like, you know what it is? Sure. Okay, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. COVID done made every time. It made time kind of like... I've been to L.A. three times total since the shutdown. And when I was there, it was a day and a half. I've never been there long. I Oh, when Diallo Riddle came from Marlon Wayans, guest host week on The Daily Show, we were talking about when we saw you at the Comedy Central Emmy party with, um, with Candace Thompson. And I got a picture of all of us. This is 2018, 2017. It was the first season of Southside. Yes. Damn, it's been a while. That had, I mean, sorry. it had to be 2018 or 2019. That's on me. 
That's yeah. all. Like anytime yeah. I ain't seen nobody in a long time, they're like, damn, that's my bad. I'm a terrible friend. It's not, <laughs> but it's not because we text and we keep in touch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was telling the people that I felt really like special and importante because you were preparing for the White House Correspondents Dinner and I texted you and you like responded. And then when you finished, I texted you and you responded. And I was like, you know, that's love right there. That's well, love. Because you did such a great job. Here's the thing. There are a short list of people who I respect about what I would say is a black person in a white space and making sure that I am doing what I need to do when it comes to doing right by our people. And a text from you is the equivalent of like 40 other, yeah, you did all right. If Amanda Seal said you did all right, then <laughs> okay. That warms my heart. <laughs> it's deeper than funny. Was there worth in your words? Like that, like, because <laughs> like on some, like, let's just be real about it between you and me. Like, Wait, you, I want you to scooch over so that you are centered in the mic because what you're saying right now is very important. I want you to scooch, scooch it. I want you to be centered in the frame. There we go. Yo, because here's the thing. Like, when you texted me, I was like, okay. Then I not only was I funny, but I said something of worth. That was, like, to me. Because, like, like on some, like, you're like, you know how most people got accountability partners for physical fitness and losing weight? Amanda Seals is like your accountability partner for making sure that you staying true and that you got a North Star for the cause and for the people. You know, because like that's that. Yes. So that yes. was like a you, you know you scroll through your phone and there's friends and there's people you rock with and then there's a gang of people you ain't talked to in a long time but there's people that every time we talk it's like we just talked yesterday you and me. So when you reach yep. out, of course, yep. every time I'm gonna reply to your ass. Come on now. <laughs> I appreciate you. My mom wanted me to let you know. You know that Rywood. He never misses. That Rywood Jr., he's so sharp. Please tell him that he was so sharp and he said everything that white people needed to hear. He did not let them off the hook. So you have been approved by two generations of SEALs. I almost slipped up and said cracker one time, but, you know, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself. I mean, to that point, though, Roy... The, the White House Correspondents' Dinner is a big deal for, to host as a comedian, but it's also a very tricky space. Like, you can't just come in there and say, I guess, say use your usual, usual material. You have to kind of, it's a fine dance because you're in this space where people can be very uptight. Yes. And I think as a comedian, you want people to laugh at the end of the day. You don't want to make people too uncomfortable, just enough uncomfortable where it's like, ooh, that was a good one. So how was that navigating that, that line? To me, like a lot of people go, it's a roast show. You're supposed to roast them. You're supposed to tell them to, you're supposed to kick them in the, put a foot up their butt. And I'm like, yo, Mm -hmm. number one, that's not my style comedically. So I'm not going to come in here and do something that I'm not. But what I can do is get you to trust me and then slip in a couple of truth bombs here and there. And if you catch them, you catch them. So my head writer, former Daily Show, writer and investigative reporter um, for the mail overseas, Christiana Mbakwe Medina. Christiana and I, when we start putting the pieces together, I'm like, okay, nobody in this crowd knows me as a stand-up comedian. Let's just keep it 100. You know me as a Daily Show correspondent. Me as a correspondent ain't you for really 20%. Think so? I can't assume. 
two of my three specials okay, was on the okay. Comedy Central app. I can't trust that them folks saw that. <laughs> I mean, as someone who has opened for you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've opened for you as a stand-up. So in my mind, I'm like, how y'all people don't know about Roy Wood? I feel like most white people only got room in their brain for eight black folks at a time. And they got to take one Can I tell you real quick the only put... the only four people I've opened for? Oh, yes, please. I've opened for Paul Mooney. I've opened for Chris Rock. I've opened for oh. Dave Chappelle. And I've opened for you. That's good company. Now that's a list I'll take. <laughs> that's a list. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, yep, Thank yep. Thank you for that. And we so had a hell of a like Uber ride. Didn't... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, that was a hell we of have Uber latency, ride. so that's why it's a little funny. But say what you were going to say about the Uber ride. Yeah, we, we, we got in the Uber, me and Amanda, and boy, that was a right winger. We got in that car. Was it during the Trump election or Trump had just been elected. One of the two. Either way, the tide was turning and and them hardcore MAGA magazines. He had been elected. He had been elected. Boy, we got in that Uber and I was like, we should have got an Uber Black because this Uber X is not cutting it. This brother is running his whole mouth <laughs> about what's wrong with the country. And I'm trying to engage his ass. To just you know, I used, <laughs> I used that drive. I used that drive as a as a setup for a joke that I ended up doing on Seth Meyers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but no, it's a weird But Curtis, move. You, was, you was about to say you was about to be cordial, and you were. I was impressed. I just don't know. I, I just didn't want to walk into the room assuming people know who I am comedically. So let me set the tone. Let's set a couple jokes up front that establish I am funny and I am worth paying attention to. Biden documents, George Santos. I look like Kenan Thompson. Okay, cool. Now let's get into agreed upon common enemies. So now you're into George Santos, Tucker Carlson, Don Lemon. So now we've laughed together. Now it's time to point the gun at y'all one by one. So we're going to go Trump supporters. We're going to go DeSantis. We're going to go Biden. We're going to go Kamala. We're going to go into gun control. But with within each one, I'm trying to at least speak to a bigger truth about what's going on. And, you know, to me, the biggest debate was, do we go with Democrats first or Republicans first when it's time to really get into the meat of the set? Because, you know, if you piss off Biden or if Kamala's not laughing, then the rest of the jokes, you don't know how they're going to go, because all everybody doing is looking at the president to see if you're laughing at what you just said. But what we ended up deciding Mm. um, was get get everybody get get everybody up on a dais on your side and then they'd be more willing to go with some of the criticism and it really wasn't even criticism as much as it was just making jokes about observations that the streets already make the streets already say biden be napping the streets already question whether or not kamala (laughs) does anything so then let me speak to that through humor you know what i'm saying so that's kind of how we put it together and i'm just like if they ain't laughing at this point it don't matter like I'll just, I'll go home. I was prepared. Yo, I was off stage at 1045. There's an 1134 Amtrak seller back to New York. I was going to leave the city. Because <laughs> you know, when you, you bomb, know, I man, gotta you, tell go home, you, you go straight home. <laughs> sir, Jeremiah, you don't understand. When you bomb, it's like, I will never forget. I remember I bombed in Brooklyn and I had just met Lil Rel that day. And I got to that car 
so fast. That's something not a comment. And Lil Rel had ran up to the car and like knocked on the window. And I was like, oh my God, why is this happening? <laughs> and he like rolled down the window. I rolled down. I'm like, yes. He's like, you think you bomb, don't you? You think you bomb? <laughs> and I was like, I did bomb. He's like, man, these are hipster white people. These are hipster white people. You know, you, you they, they trying to get jokes about mustard and wiener dogs. I'm screaming. You don't got to worry about that. You didn't bomb. You just got to go and keep on doing what you're doing. All right? All right. And he had on, I just side note, he had on like a candy striper, like a seersucker blazer and like a straw, like one of those like straw flat hats. Like, like he was like the music man. It's the music man. I'm the music man. I was like, who framed my I was like, where, I was like, where did you come from? He was like, I came from a brunch. I came from a brunch. <laughs> but you know, for, a, but like you, how did you know, how did you feel at the end, I saw a dope picture of you like sitting on the dais with everybody down, you know, milling about. And it looked like somebody who had just like ate a really good meal. And I know like when you kill Jeremiah, you really feel like you just ate a really good meal. Yeah. So did I did I discern the correct uh, meaning of that photo? It was a lot to just, I just, you know, and you know me personally. So, you know, I'm just on to the next mission. As soon as I finish, yep. there is no enjoyment. I'm just ready for the <laughs> next objective. And I was just like, nah, you know what? I'm going to sit and this take this way. one in. This one was, I don't know if I'll ever do anything in my career as monumental as that. The degree of difficulty of that event. You are writing jokes that are literally cooked fresh that week. Half the jokes you can't do in the comedy club because they're political jokes. So <laughs> a lesson I continuously learn. You the the very first joke where I joked that Biden left a classified document at the podium. What comedy club can I try that in? Like that's just I here we go. No safety net. Let's jump. And so on the other side of it. It was just, you know, I don't know, damn near about to cry because my mom was there. Like, that was the other thing on top of all of it was just, you know, everything that my father stood for and speaking about what's right. And I'm nowhere near in his shoes when it comes to his side of the game of radio commentary and radio news and the, and the across the diaspora dangerous stories he covered. But to be in a room full of folks like that, and try and make them laugh and hopefully make them think. I felt satisfied. I felt satisfied. Like I don't even know what else to do on the other side of that for a minute. And even people that didn't like some of the jokes, even that's gratifying because it's still an opinion. Like indifference to me is worse. I remember right. I remember when I did Showtime at the Apollo. And this is the thing about the Apollo when you do amateur night that nobody tells you. The Apollo Theater is small in terms of the depth of the room. Yeah. You can see every facial expression because they like the audience. <laughs> the audience is part of the yes. show. Yep. So you can see every, And I remember right. when I did Apollo in 01, there was a dude like eight rows back. He just folded his arms. He just went. And I was like, damn. Just, I'd rather you boo, sir. Just boo me. But he folded them arms. <laughs> and here, here we are, almost 25 years later. I still ain't forgot that man. Like, that hits your soul. Like, that hits you down to the bone marrow. So, 
to be in a room where, you know, even if people didn't agree with what I was saying, you sat, you listened, maybe you thought. I don't think it, I don't think it's a golden joke that's going to like. To, it, it's like I was I was I can't remember who who I was talking to earlier this week. But I was like, it's not like when I got done, Biden was going to shake my hand and be like, I will pass reparations immediately, and then walk off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, it would have right, been right. nice, but it, it was had, like the feeling after you when you're done with that hour special, you take your first hour special. And I don't even know mm-hmm. if she'd be knowing what's your first, but I know that was one that really kicked the door in on telling that the world who you were. So when you came off that stage and you just sat. In the first time you just sat down, like just this feeling of just, wow, so many different things all came together to bring me to this point. And you feel like you're destined to be here. So you just want to make sure that in that moment you're doing right by the craft of stand-up comedy and right. doing right by black by black people. You know, like that was to me, those are the two things because those are the two worlds I got to go back to when mainstream Hollywood is done with me. Sooner or later, your time is up and then you go back out on the road. So I need the love of comics and I need the love of my culture. So, you know, I couldn't betray that up there. I'm actually curious. You mentioned this, Roy, earlier. And Amanda, you might have a thought on this. But like a lot of, like you said, this was a unique room because it's political but it's jokes. You can't really do political jokes in a comedy club. People might not resonate with it. So how do you, even your work with like the, the Daily Show, like how do you, I guess, find that place in your in your brain as a comic, like to be intellectual, so to speak, like be able to take these very, um, these topics that aren't necessarily funny on, on the surface for, for most people. People don't think like politics is fun. This is, this is, these are laughs, but intellectualize it and then process it and like, oh, this is the joke. This is the way in to make these people connect with this very nebulous part of the world in a humorous way. I think if you're smart about it, the comedians that do it the best, they know how to deliver it in a tone that is fun, or you take digressions from time to time. Like Amanda's trick to me on stage, or like the gift rather, is it's very, it's charismatic. And every now and then I'm going to intonate and I'm going to perform and I might even hit a little note. But the stuff she's saying, I'm like, oh, whew, she is punching these white people in the face. <laughs> oh my God. And for me, I go on digressions. It's like, okay, let's talk about Kamala and whether or not she's done anything. But before that, let's just talk about what do we know about any vice president? Oh, Mike Pence. Mike Pence don't do right. nothing but play hide and go seek in the Capitol. Like that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. while you're laughing at that, now I can yo-yo back and rattle off a bunch of Kamala policies. And it doesn't come across as a preachy, yell at you, berate you type of thing. Because low key, at the correspondence dinner, you're part pundit, part comedian. But you're a pundit that's not supposed to lean one way or the other if you can help it or you camouflage the lean. You know, like all of the Ron DeSantis jokes was just for me to talk about CRT. That's the only reason I brought up Ron DeSantis was so I could have a segue into CRT. 
So if I get everybody in the room laughing about DeSantis, because half that room is Trump, the 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 uh, let's say seventy percent of that room is either Democrats or Trumps. So if we're all laughing about DeSantis, I can sneak in real quick. CRT is a way for y'all mm-hmm. to erase Black history from the history books, and then yo yo out of that on a Clarence Thomas punchline. Now we're back. So. I'm not Dick Gregory. I'm not Paul Mooney. I do not possess the ability to make the hardest part of the truth funny. I can't do that. So I you don't think so? Isolate. I don't. Paul Mooney wouldn't have been taking no digressions. I just think. Could you imagine Paul Mooney did what? They cut his microphone. They cut his. Microphone. But I think that's part of it, right? <laughs> but that's part of it. Like there's it's like he's making it funny just because he's decided it's funny. Right. You know, I don't think he cares whether they think it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I didn't start coming into my own as a comic until I stopped convincing the audience I was funny. And it was more so just like, this is funny. And if you don't get it, that's your loss. Um, And I mean, there's sometimes, of course, when it's like, no, I know that I need to work on this harder. Like there was a joke that I took out of my special that they wanted to keep in, but I was like, no, because it's not, it's not, it's low hanging fruit. Like a, a, a mm-hmm. comics comic would look at that joke and be like, I mean, you even got no tags. Like that was it. That, yeah. was, what you, that was all you was going to say. Like, I mean, I guess anybody could have said that. <laughs> and it was like, it was something about Al Sharpton, but it was just like, it was too easy. Like, like non fungible token, like NFT, <laughs> the NFT tag. Yeah. Sir, that was, let's give him, you know, we got to hit him with an applause. That, the, the NFT tag, because we was already there. We was already with you. And then you yeah. hit him with the NFT. Yeah, and if you Clarence know what Thomas, an NFT but he is. Owned by I, white. I, I, but I, I honestly, I was like, I was like, should he have said non-fungible token? Like after he said NFT, like to drive it home even more. But then I was like, no, no. We thought I'm about that. We thought about that. We had, was it, we could see Clarence Thomas, but he's owned by a white billionaire. And that's what an NFT is. Non-fungible token. Another alt was Negro for Trump. Another alt was Negroes for Taken. <laughs> but we weren't sure if Negroes for Taken. Like then the hot, then the headline tomorrow is he called him a slave or he called him a coon. I didn't say that. Oh, I just said okay. it was an NFT. Yeah. You decide whether or not I called him a token. <laughs> I, say. I don't think people even realize there's so much like work that goes into this though, as like a, a pundit, as a as the host of the um, correspondence dinner. I think people feel like you go up there and just start going, but like you kind of talked about, there's like a whole team of people who help you craft these things. There's intention behind jokes. It's not just we up here with a mic kicking it. They go to president. They go to vice president. <laughs> hey y'all. Uh, no, because it's also about speaking to the people at home. Like we did a bit. I got to give a shout out to my to the homie Felonius Monk and Ambria Allen who are also writing on it and and Monk was fighting for a oh, joke you had about an team. EMF. Yeah, you know, nightly show. Ambria used to write on Daily Show. I'm like, give me the Negroes with the political brain, and then give me some of them white folks over there from the Daily Show too. And we gonna roll them all up into a burrito. So. Monk had a joke about BMF that he was like, I'm telling you, man, just say BMF. I'm like, no one in that room knows what BMF is. And he goes, that's why it'll be funny. 
because it's just for us. I got Siren. Y'all want me to pause for Siren? No, that's fine. Oh, it's gone. It's good. So he was like, that's why it would be funny. And so we did a joke about, you know, Vanderpump. Because I didn't know what Vanderpump Rules was. I still don't know what it is. I, it, <laughs> but, but the white writers was like, trust me, say that. And then Monk is like, and right behind that, say BMF. Because that's literally two opposite ends <laughs> of, the, of the TV spec. Ain't no overlap between them <laughs> viewers. So, you know, it's like None. finding these little pop culture moments None. as well. You know, we had a Cardi B joke up front about how Dominion voting will take you out. In co- like, you don't want to see Dominion voting in the courtroom, and you also don't want to see Cardi B in the courtroom. If we take, you're going to lose every time. And then it took one of my white writers <laughs> to kind of whisper in my ear, <laughs> also Gwyneth Paltrow. And I was like, oh, you're right. Gwyneth Paltrow be taking mm-hmm. people to court, oh, too. Yeah, that's a good one. So you just have to respect some of the pop culture blind spots you have. And that's why it helps to have people on the squad, man. Like, you know, I write my stand up alone, but for something like this, I wasn't going to walk into this without any assistance. I think everyone that's done this before has had writers. So at the end of the day, it's just about delivering a message, but sneaking in little stuff that people, you know, rock. Well, the message was delivered. The message was delivered. We are so honored that you would come and join us at the height of oh, such a week. It. I mean, it's such a week for you. You're like, you just on a it. high. You on a high. You know what I'm saying? You, you and you did what you, you did the job. Like, as I, think... I was replying to your text, my hands were shaking, but I, it, it, there's always time <laughs> for you. And I mean that. You know that. I like, I really appreciate you, Roy. I appreciate you so much. No, because I was like, he, I was like, I'm going to just ask him if you come on the show, but you know, he probably about to go. Um, he's probably about to go sit down with Oprah. So Be we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> next nice time. But thank you so much I do have for phone for using. Yes. Thank you for so much for 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 taking on that role with the consciousness that you did. And really serving, like you really served us up just such a meal. And the White House Correspondents' Dinner really is a place that I know so many comedians have come to hold to such esteem. You know, getting to host the White House Correspondents' Dinner, like you said, I mean, it requires so much precision and strategy. And I think a lot of folks can't really understand that, like, as a comic, we're not just sitting at a table making jokes. You know, like there really is a thoughtfulness about that. And I will say to everyone who will, who will hear it, I have always just had such. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Regard for your comedy and the way that you really protect the craft, because when people come out here just thinking like, oh, I'm going to just say whatever. It's like, oh, you don't you don't get what we're doing here. Like, this is a whole real thing. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for joining us here at the Amanda Seals show. And when we get back. 
We're gonna little, we're gonna learn a little bit more about Roy Wood Jr. through music. <laughs> yes, this is radio okay. after all, right? So we're gonna dive into okay. for the record. Keep it locked right here to the Amanda Seals Show. Yes, yes, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. I am Amanda Seals, joined by Jeremiah, like the Bible, and we are also joined by comedian extraordinaire Roy Wood Jr. Yes. for another edition of For the Record. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm Roy, ready. are you ready? Ready, ready. All right. What is the song that reminds you of home? Now, I'm from Birmingham, so let me preface this answer with people understanding that. You got to understand, okay, that... <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama, Lennon Skinner. I'm sorry, it's a jam. Okay. I understand that they performed under Confederate flag. You got to understand that in Alabama, there's one thing that blacks and whites unify under. That's football, barbecue, and Lennon Skinner. I'm sorry. I just... Okay, all right. Is that your Who else we got? Name an Alabama rapper other than Rich Boy, the last. I was about to say Rich Boy. We don't get a lot of mainstream (laughs) people. The dirty. Why do you think that is? Why did? Why do you feel like there haven't been like hip hop out of Alabama? Uh, A lot of it has to do with radio airplay. Memphis is hyper local. Atlanta's hyperlocal, New Orleans is hyperlocal. So in Birmingham, and I'm speaking as a former morning show DJ for 12 years, our radio stations in Birmingham do not support local artists. They generally siphon Atlanta and Memphis. So if you can't be, if you ain't number one at the crib, Mm. why would somebody spin you in another city? And to me, that's been one of the biggest issues of Birmingham. The biggest hurdle that Birmingham artists have is Birmingham. And that's a damn shame. Um, but I'm not going to say it's because there wasn't no talent, but there's a reason why the people that have made it out of Alabama that you can name, they're not from Birmingham and they figured out an end into Atlanta, you know? So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And that's why we listen to Leonard Skinner. Well, we are on the air in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, shout out Shouts out to to North North North. All right, I got another one for you, Roy. What is a song that you got in trouble for knowing? I think we all got that one song we shouldn't have been listening to or singing. Oh, it ain't even a song, Jeremiah, like the Bible. It's the whole album. Easy E, Easy Does It. <laughs> Sixth grade, oh. full-blown vulgarity. Shout out to the, and I'm naming full names right now. Shout out to the homie Ahmed Roach. Who used to make me a dub of that Easy E in the sixth grade every two weeks because my mama would find it, she'd cut it up with the scissors. This is this old school. They had the, the tape, the cassette tape. <laughs> this was eighty nine, yes. ninety, and my mama would cut up the tape, and I would have to take. I would spend half my lunch money every two weeks. I would starve for a couple of days so I could get a new dub of Easy E. Easy does it, and then after that, it was straight out of Compton. This was like prohibition. You got to, you got to smuggle in the music. <laughs> well, you know what I peeped? You know what I figured out though? I figured out I would take him. So my dad worked in radio, and he would bring him all these demo tapes and cassettes of albums that I didn't want to listen to, and I would put rap music on that. So uh. it would be like Morris Day in the Time on the little the print of the cassette. Oh, but it's my really God. I didn't take over Morris Day, and I didn't put a whole 
NWA, dope man, dope man, please can I have another hit? The dope man said, what? I don't get <laughs> They're like, Roy really loves his noise that <laughs> Spinning it nonstop, whole time. Gangster rap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. What's you and your son's jam? Celebration by cooling the game. That's the one. Like, I let him listen to... I'm trying to musically or sonically, as they say, as best I can, I'm trying to raise my son the way I was raised and give him the foundational black soul music and blues Hmm. to start. But the issue is that in New Mm -hmm. York, the disadvantage is that we're not, we don't have a car to ride in all the time for me to infuse that into his head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. the only time is breakfast or when we're doing Legos together, I'll throw on some music and I'll put on like a little seventies, you know, little Bobby Womack, a little move on up. Like we'll do all of that, but cool in the gang celebration. Come on. That's his jam. So we, we just sing that one. And like, it's an earworm too. It's easy for a little, he's six, you know? So, you know, I'll still let him listen to a little bit of new edition, a little bit of Prince, but right. a lot of that new edition, when you really go back and listen to it, they really be begging a lot. And I don't want my boy begging for no love yet. You know, he's 16 ready, <laughs> you know, Candy girl, Mr. Telephone you. Man, can you I didn't please think about stop that, but the car really is <laughs> The car really is like a communal place to like get your parents' music. When I think about growing up, a lot yep. of times the music my parents played was in the car and you like learn songs and on the way to school yep. or on a family road trip or whatever. So the fact that you yeah. said that we don't really be in the car like we, a lot of times, depending where you live. Especially those... in New York. You on the train. Yeah, 12-hour road trips with my pops to Chicago. It's Gladys Knight. It's like male waiters hole in the wall, like just juke joint type stuff. And so I want him to have that foundational understanding of black music. And then as he gets older, he starts hanging around his friends and they start listening to music. Okay, go discover what you want. But you need to understand some part of the history. And a lot of them joints is timeless, man. They are. What else is timeless is this hat you got on. You wearing a very, a very <laughs> sleek baseball cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to know. You know, at every baseball game in the seventh inning stretch, they hit you with the "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." But what would be your seventh inning inning stretch anthem? Ooh, "Roses" by Outkast. Oh, now you want to talk? Okay. <laughs> okay. Because when you think about the seventh inning stretch, you want a song that's communal, that everybody wants to sing, that everybody can join in together on. Mm -hmm. And that's one of them. Low-key, Roses is one of them interracial unifying (laughs) type. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's a handful of songs. It's kind of like Sweet Caroline for for white people. Like black That's mine! (laughs) That's mine! That's mine! So good! So good! So good! <laughs> yeah, it would be outcast because I've gone to karaoke enough times and heard Roses or sang Roses and it's just an instant everybody. It's an instant sing-along. It's one of them new, them new era sing-alongs. I don't think we realize this one yet. 
I didn't realize that. I didn't know that people knew Caroline. Caroline. Because I don't know more than that. I know you like to thank you. Don't stink, but lean a little closer. See, you, really smell White like people <laughs> hitch up them Wranglers and they be with it, boy. Oh, not the Wranglers. <laughs> not the Wrangler jeans. All right, last question on For the Record. What song represents how you felt after your set at the White House Correspondents' Dinner? I thought about this a long time and it's, it's, it's kind of, it's not going to make sense, but you got to understand where my <laughs> head is. Okay. I grew up on Southern Help us get there. chant music, a lot of tear the club up era stuff where Ooh, after you've yes. done something right, the boo. After you've done something right, you celebrate the fact that you did that. <sighs> yes. Whoop that trick, three six mafia. You know what? <laughs> I'm winning! Yes. I was like, expecting that at the yes. Mafia, mafia, mafia. Yeah, I'm with that. it's like I bet you won't beat that. Won't that. Got me acting bucket, <laughs> man. Ah, I'm gangster walking right now. I'm gangster walking right now. <laughs> whoop that trick, get him. Whoop that trick, get him. Whoop that hey. trick, get him. And I got him. Hey, like just in that moment, I just was like, yeah. All right, I did that. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, yeah. That was. That was what was going through my mind when they took that picture. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I came in here and kicked You definitely the whooped that trick. And we are all better for it. Shout out to Roy Wood Jr. for stepping in with us and talking all about the process. Y'all know, I just love as a comedian hearing people talk about their process, Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, if you want to hear more from Roy Wood Jr., you can check him out on The Amanda Seals Show on YouTube. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. We speak the world all this time. We shine. forward to a beautiful weekend and i hope you guys are planning a chill relaxing weekend or like a super hype weekend this is the amanda seal show i'm amanda seals jeremiah like the bible what's up we are still here but we got more joy stories for folks that's true because it's black joy friday mm -hmm. all black joy stories every hour you should see his face <laughs> because we, someone's doing this someone's doing this no they're not but we are and it's a beautiful thing and we love that you all are supporting us in mm -hmm. doing this we also have the black spin going down so i yeah. gotta tell y'all you know bt like did this whole poll about like the greatest rap crew of all time so i'm gonna put in my two cents really you got thoughts i got you know when it comes to rap <laughs> i always got thoughts and also these lists sometimes are a little shaky baby yes yes they are because I feel like their criteria is like on different minds. It's a, their criteria is like on a different um, metric than mine, but mm -hmm. that's fine. It's my show. So 
I'm going to have my criteria. We also have things I learned this week as well. So don't go anywhere. And remember, if you haven't got your tickets to Smart, Funny and Black going down at the Novo in Los Angeles on May 18th, get your tickets asap All you got to do is go to AmandaSeals.com. Now, let's say you live somewhere else and you just want to support this show. Why? Because it's black. Why? Because it's community. Why? Because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Think, hey. I'm not going to stop you. You just got to go to smartfunnyandblack.com. Hit that donate button. Put some money in the pot. Because a lot of people want to attend the show, but ugh, the way inflation be hitting these days is just, they don't got the... It's the eggs or the tickets. Uh, eggs or the tickets. They don't got the funds. But you know what? You can support them, which means you're supporting us from wherever you are. I put some money in the pot and that money is going to tickets for folks to go see Smart Funny and Black mm-hmm. May 18th with Wayne Brady versus Jaleel White at the Novo in Los Angeles. All right. Also want to remind you, if you haven't listened to the latest episode of Small Doses Podcast, well, baby, what are you waiting for? It's side effects of police gangs. Mm-hmm. We got journalist Cerise Castle joining us, and she is putting us on to all the tea for the fact that, like, there are actual gangs in the police department. I heard the episode, and I was scared. I was like, ooh, let me stay in the house. <laughs> So make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts and you can watch it on YouTube at Amanda Seals TV. All right. Keep it locked right here. We got more black joy for you. Remember, if you want to hit us up with your joy stories, 1-855-AMANDA-8 is the number. That's 1-855-262-6328. Keep it locked to the Amanda Seals Show. This is the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals here, joined by Jeremiah, like the Bible. And we have got one more story for you before we get out of here. And that is a story of black joy. I know I always say this on Black Joy Fridays, but you're going to love this story, man. I am. <laughs> so Mattel's Barbie brand has recently added dolls that represent racial justice to their collection. And they're paying homage to black iconic figures like Ida B. Wells, mm-hmm. Madam C.J. Walker, Bessie Coleman, and Maya Angelou. Well, it's funny you say this because my mother literally sent me two of these already. What? Yes. She ahead of the game. She said. My mother sent me Bessie Coleman already and she sent me uh, Madam C.J. Walker. So I don't know if the Ida B. Wells and Maya Angelou ones are out yet, but I am a very like avid collector of Barbie dolls. Like I've got Tina Turner. Mm -hmm. I've got um, Nichelle Turner, who played, um, of course, uh, Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek. Right. Uh, who else do I got? I mean, I've got, I've listen, I've been collecting holiday Barbie since like the holiday started 88. <laughs> I have a question. Does the Madam CJ Walker come with a person, color, person, girl, a hot comb situation? Let me find out. Talk to the people while I go get it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not really a doll person. I've never like collected dolls, obviously, but I am happy to hear about this because for so long, you know, like my mom always talks about how like growing up, she only had like white dolls. Like it was hard to find black dolls, dolls of color. So now to see like this young generation, especially at this time right now, where they're trying to like ban everything. They're trying to ban books. They're trying to ban knowledge. You got this whole line of dolls from Barbie who are celebrating people who we don't often talk about. Like Ida B. Wells, we don't be talking about Ida B. Wells. Bessie Coleman, we don't talk about her. But also the cool thing about this is that the collection also now includes other black celebrity dolls that you, uh, that you guys know. So Naomi Osaka, Nicki Minaj, Laverne Cox, has a dog. A trans woman, a black trans woman. That's dope. Laverne Cox has a dog. So, you know, I love that. I love that. Amanda's back with her dog, y'all. So, she does not come with a press and curl. Okay. But she has like a medallion. They bump her in. Oh, you know what? No, it's not a medallion. She has her little um, pomade. Okay. Okay. In her hand. And no, her hair is not bumped. <laughs> <laughs> but she got a big sleeve. And then Bessie Coleman... Comes with the tall aviator boot and the hat. And uh, 
her little hairstyle. You know, I think it's, you know what I really love about this is that I, I really love black dolls and for a long time, black dolls just look like white dolls that they painted black. Right, 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 right. So what's beautiful is how they become so meticulous about making sure that their features are unique, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just like all black people look alike. Right. You make me a dog. Make me make the dog look like me. You know, like I have Gabby Douglas's doll. Um, I have, uh, you know, hidden figures. And you were, I was listening to you when you were saying that like, these are women who really just don't get enough conversation. Like right. we always talk about like the same, the same black, handful of uh, black icons and figures every time. Every time. And it's like, why, why, why are we acting like there weren't others? Right. Ida B was out here doing work. And putting her life on the line. Talk about it. Cause she was literally calling out lynching as mm -hmm. like a practice of, of terrorism. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're going to lynch you. And we talked about, you know, earlier in the show, um, Mamie Till Mobley, you know, yep. who, yep. who's getting her statue, who was part of like that whole legacy of, yes. of trailblazing women. So I love this. This is really important and long overdue, long overdue. When we talk about hidden figures, we're not just talking about Katherine Johnson, by the way, I have her doll as well. But you know, when we talk about like Diane Nash and Fannie Lou Hamer, there's mm -hmm. so many black women who were at the forefront of supporting this civil rights movement in so many other ways. When we talk about the Panthers, when we talk about like Elaine Brown and Erica Hudgens, mm -hmm. et cetera, you know, Kathleen Cleaver, like we have to keep us in the conversation and it's not to do so to silence the, the contributions of black men, mm -hmm. but just to point out that like we've all been here and so we all need to stay here. Trust me, the men ain't missing no meals. They getting a lot of, a lot of shine. <laughs> they, they getting a lot of uh, black and white texts in the books. I promise you. I've I seen it. <laughs> Seen it. Like a 27 and seen it. <laughs> Believe it. Y'all keep it locked right here. The Amanda Seal show. We are not heading out just yet. We still got a little bit more show for you. We got things I learned this week. And right now we got the black spin. I'm gonna tell y'all some of my favorite or who I consider to be some of the greatest rap crews of all time. Okay. BET did a poll, but I'm let y'all know my thoughts. Don't go anywhere. It's the Amanda Seal show. The Amanda Seal show. We up, we up, we up. What's up, y'all? This is the Amanda Seals Show. This is Jeremiah Like the Bible, joined by Amanda Seals. And we're celebrating 50 years of hip-hop all year long. Hip-hop is kind of like a birthday person. We celebrate their <laughs> birthday all year. That's crazy. Um, but, you know, every Friday we hit y'all with the Black Spin. Where yes. Amanda, our resident hip-hop head, gives us some hip-hop knowledge, facts, and her, just her thoughts on the culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you got mm -hmm. for us today, Amanda? Well, BET kicked off a poll on May 1st, the first mm -hmm. of the month, asking who's the greatest rap crew of all time. Speaking of first of the month, <laughs> is Bone Thugs and Harmony yours? Well, it, you know, is it a group from the East? Is it a group from the West? Dirty or the Midwest? And there were a number of groups that, of course, made an impact in the last 50 years of hip hop. Right. And so they're asking, you know, on this poll, who made the most impact? And I wanted to just present some of my thoughts okay. on this. Okay. Now, first I want to ask you this. When you think group, mm -hmm. does it mean three or more or does it mean duo? Well, at least two or more. Yeah. A duo could be a group to me. A duo can be a group to you? Yeah. Okay. So when we look at like the greatest duos of all time okay. and crews of all groups of all time, I feel like it's separate. I feel like there are duos and then I feel like there are groups. And the reason I feel like this is because I think it's a lot harder to keep three or more people together <laughs> than to keep two people together. That's and there's true. something to be said for finding ways for everybody in a group to have their voice be heard and mm -hmm. to also like add to the value of the group. I mean, you see making a band too. They couldn't keep it together. <laughs> Yo, how you don't know the lyrics to Juicy? 
So I have my particulars. Okay. So I'm going to run up some of the groups that I feel like would have made this list regardless. And I'll hit you with the last one as the number one. Okay. Okay. Salt and Pepper. Okay. Salt and Pepper's here. I don't think Salt and Pepper gets the respect that they deserve because I think people only think of like push it. But mm. ultimately, Salt and Pepper was here for a long time. A lot of rap groups, they get like one album, two mm-hmm. albums, that's a wrap. The fact that Salt and Pepper waited from Push It to Shoop mm-hmm. to What a Man, I mean, not Shoop, to What a Man is like, listen. Commercial no, yeah, success. it is Shoop. What am I saying? And Shoop. Yeah. Maybe one of Shoop, Shoop, Shoop. They mm-hmm. made it to commercial success. They made it out of like their youth mm-hmm. into like their grown up years, et cetera. And for all intents and purposes, their vo- their tone expanded, right? right? Like their style expanded. It was like- I was even rapping with Kirk Franklin. Listen, Salt at one point was like, <laughs> we can't do push it because I pushed it into a baptism. All right. So there's that. Okay. Then you have groups like the Migos. I don't yeah. care what nobody say. Like- the Migos are an actual culture changing group. They, that's why the album was called Culture. Mm-hmm. Like the Migos had us dabbing. The Migos changed the way people ad lib. They also had a different style yes. of rap. Yes. Like, listen, the last ad libber that I feel like really like changed things was your man's The Snowman. Okay. Yeah. Both Southern. Yes. The- both Atlanta. Yeezy oh, yeah. was, I mean, uh, Jeezy is absolutely like the ad lib king. But when we talk about the Migos, they really came through with like a very unique style mm-hmm. and they were very cohesive. And I think that's also why it's so like tragic to me to see how they have come apart, you right. know, and of course, rest in peace to take off. Uh, then we look at groups like Public Enemy. Now, even though Public Enemy may not have had like the name, the same level of hits and like commercial success, their impact in terms of just the way they were using rap mm-hmm. is really crazy. And I think NWA, we were put in the same space, right? Mm-hmm. They were literally using hip hop to create like social conversations, et cetera. Now, of course, NWA was also creating conversations around like, <laughs> you know, women that we don't want to support. But I think Public Enemy really helped to solidify the fact that hip hop had the power to be a social change music and not just a party music. Okay. So those are my thoughts on those. Then we get to groups like De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, The Roots. Like they just had a unique sound that you cannot deny. Right. They absolutely contributed to hip hop in a myriad of ways and they stayed together. Like, Till death do us part, literally. But the coup de gras, y'all know already what I'm about to say. Who you gonna say? So the Wu Tang Clan. They're okay. still together. They just performed this weekend. Really? They just performed this weekend at Jazz Fest in New Orleans. <laughs> these men are in their 50s. Like these men are still wearing white linen and and, and white Air Force ones ones and white linen is crazy. And performing cream. And they when you see the shows, like the documentaries about mm. them and like the TV shows, you really understand that like the craziness of keeping nine men together this long, mm. men who have all seen like immense amounts of trauma, et cetera, like them figuring out how to make it work and keep it together is a testament to the power of music and how it really ended up being this thread that wove through all of them. So that's the black spin for today, y'all. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> Who are the groups that you feel like made an impact that I may have left out? Hit me up, 1-855-AMANDA-8. I know y'all be loving to talk about hip-hop and love to correct me, so hit me up, 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. And honorable mention, cannot forget, 3-6, my feet up, my feet, my feet up. Rest in peace to Gangsta Boo. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. 
We checking out right now, y'all. It's Amanda Seals here at the Amanda Seals Show. Shout out to Jeremiah Like the Bible. Y'all, I got to tell y'all, Jeremiah Like the Bible likes to drink these drinks that always no have all types of stuff in them. And, and whenever he drinks them, he like puts them in his mouth like he's chewing on them like a squirrel. What are you drinking over there? Today's just a green juice. But I think, too, I don't necessarily... I, you don't swallow yeah, things. You I, like cradle I them. I <laughs> Then I'll swallow them. <laughs> and I, I don't know why it bothers me so much. And I'd be like, ah! So I just wanted to share that with you because it was my pain, so now it's your pain. Oh but you know God. what? I don't even want to do that to y'all because it is a beautiful Friday and we're about to go into the weekend. Any plans? I don't know yet. You know, I like to take it day by day. I'm a day by I'm a Gemini. I can say something right now, tomorrow. I'm like, I'm staying in the house. <laughs> no, I hear that. You know what I'm gonna try and do this weekend? What? Be like creative, creative. Okay. I'm gonna try and paint. Let me try and work on some writing. I feel like I haven't really gotten to do a lot of that, and it's like high time. Okay. High time. I mean, you might have time before the the writer strike in. You might have time to (laughs) submit something. (laughs) You ain't never lie. You ain't never lie. Well, we got a great show for you on Monday per usual. We got a shout out to Roy Wood Jr. Thank you for joining us. I also just want to thank all of y'all for continuing to make this show a success and supporting us. You know, we are brand new and still cooking and figuring things out. And that is all due to you all supporting and allowing us to continue on that journey. So everyone remember, have a safe weekend and we are each other's business. When we look out for each other, we lift each other up. Be safe. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up.